Heavenly Father, the great Paschal Triduum has begun. The most important days in the history of the world. These three days changed everything and made possible our redemption and salvation. In these days, we see like never before that your love for us is not just words, but is made manifest in the actions that your Son has done for each of us by name. Fill us with your grace and help us to do our best to push aside distractions and to make time to linger on these events so as to know your love more intimately, to have our lives transformed so that we are able to tell others about what you have done for us. All this we ask through Christ our crucified Lord. Amen. In years past, it's been a tradition that, well, it's my tradition, that I come up here. <clears throat> and uh, my brother has always given me Good Friday to preach, and we were just talking about this in the sacristy. And I have about five Good Friday homilies, and so I said, I said to him, maybe this year I could preach on something different. And so he gave me Holy, Sa- or Holy Thursday. And when I looked at the missile, I don't know if you know this, but it took me ten years to figure this out. In the missile it says, tonight, after the gospel... The priest much, must preach on the three following things. The institution of the priesthood, the Eucharist, and the fraternal charity of Christ's command. It doesn't say that I have an option. So the one night that I had a bunch of options on Good Friday, now I have none. <laughs> and I must preach on these three things. And when I told Father Nick Schneider about this, because he's our liturgist, I said, isn't that amazing? He's like, yeah, you know what's even more amazing? In the new translation, they took out the three commas. I'm like, who cares? <clears throat> he said, no, but you don't understand the three commas. Before, it said that they were three separate things. Without the commas, they are three inseparable things. They cannot exist without each other. They are intertwined, an integral whole. And so we begin with the priesthood. And this year, more than ever, I have been painfully aware that in the priesthood, I got nothing. A priest really has nothing. Nothing that he can properly call his own. All I have, all that we have, belongs to Christ. We are stewards of the mysteries that belong exclusively to God. And this year, this thought has been lingering in my head, but it came especially clear on Monday when we celebrated the Chrism Mass. During the Chrism Mass, there's a part in which all the priests of the diocese are present. And we all renew our promises that we made on the day of our ordination. And this year, as I renewed those promises, I was in tears because of how deeply I desire to live them, but how terrible I am at living them. So often we priests fail to live the life of love and sacrifice and commitment to you, the faithful. We fail in the promises that we made on our day of ordination. We lack patience. We're short with people. We often lack charity. 
We struggle doing the very thing Jesus commanded his priests to do tonight in the gospel. To lay down our lives, to crush our egos for your good. We priests up here know better than anyone in this church how short we fall of what we have been called to do. And for that, we ask your forgiveness. The reality is, my good people, we give what we alone cannot give. We do something that is not our work. We are on a mission and have become the bearer of that which another committed to our charge. We are called to bring healing and a hope and a love and a peace that didn't start with us and isn't really reliant on how great or holy we are. It is Christ's work, Christ's love, and Christ's peace that we seek to give to you. And what has kept us priests faithful and focused in spite of our weakness and inconsistencies and failures is the greatest gift that God has given to humanity. And this gift comes through our weak and sinful hands, the Eucharist. An hour a day we spend before the Eucharist, every day, sometimes longer if we can. And it sustains us. It grounds us. It anchors us. Can I explain it? No, not really. I just know that without the time of prayer, that I would never make it as a priest, yet alone as a Christian. And this call to be with Jesus in the Eucharist is not just for the religious. It's for all of us. St. John Paul II once said, It would be wrong to think that ordinary Christians can be content with a shallow prayer life, especially in the face of the many trials which the world subjects the faithful to. They would not only be, listen to this, mediocre Christians, but more so Christians at risk of losing their faith. Then he says, only through the Eucharist is it possible to live the heroic virtues of Christianity. Charity to the point of forgiving one's enemies. Love for those who make us suffer. Chastity in every age and situation of life. Patience in suffering and silence of God. In the tragedies of history and in one's own personal experience. You must always be Eucharistic souls in order to be authentic Christians. And yet, in spite of this warning and in this, spite of this encouragement from the great St. John Paul II, there is little love in our day and age for the Eucharist. If we believe that God, God, resides in that tabernacle, then how can we not spend time with him every single day? How did the Eucharist become blasé? As if it was just a piece of bread in a gold box to be visited once a week for maybe an hour. I recently read an article that said only 25% of Catholics believe that the Eucharist is truly God, truly Jesus. That means that two-thirds of Catholics are disconnected from the source of all heroic virtues of Christianity. And we wonder why we're losing the battle against the culture. 
I don't know if you guys know who Father Benedict Groeschel was. <clears throat> he was a priest, a famous Franciscan friar in New York City. He was often on EWTN. And I recently heard a story about him. There was a Franciscan art exhibit at the Metropolitan Art House in New York City. And his order was invited to visit the Met before it opened so that they could go through for a couple hours and pray with the ancient Franciscan art to admire it, which from, their, from which their order came. After the two hours, they exited the Metropolitan Art Museum. And upon exiting, there was a long line of people. And Father Benedict walked past the line, and at one point, a lady reached out and grabbed his arm and said to him, Excuse me, are you part of the exhibit, or are you the real thing? Father Benedict Rochelle said that question haunted him the rest of his life. Are you just pretending? Or are you the real thing? Am I a follower of Christ? Do I really believe all that he said or do I just look like one? Do I really pray and practice charity? Or do I just pretend to be a Christian without really taking it seriously? When I walk out of those doors, am I the real thing? Or am I just pretending? Is the Eucharist the center of my life? Or is shopping, sports, or money? The reality of this life, you guys, is that not just us priests got nothing. We all got nothing. And no matter how hard we try to satisfy our eternal longings, on our own we're destined to fail to fall away, to lose hope. But tonight at this Mass, you will hold in your hand everything. Everything you need to live the Christian life is present in the Eucharist, and it will come to you through the hands of a priest as a gift from the Father. And to the extent that you make the Eucharist the center of your life, you will live the great call of Christ the High Priest to serve, to love, and to lay down your life for others. You will be the real thing. May the Eucharist, which is the source and summit of our faith, become the source and summit of our lives.